Hello and welcome to the Code at Moments podcast. I'm Andy Rowan at Clinical Andy on Twitter and joining me today is Dr. Matthew Holt. Hello. Hello. Now, interestingly enough, I've got a hard stop in about half an hour and Ali's computer has basically chosen this moment to reboot. So, fittingly enough, today we wanted to talk about co-op shooters. We did, inspired by the new Wolfenstein game. Yeah, we're going to treat this as a drop-in, drop-out co-op. So if I disappear at some point and then Ali drops in, that's why. We've explained it now. It'll make sense at the time. It will. And I'm just hoping I'm not left on my own talking to myself. Yeah, especially especially not if, uh, you know, all the bosses and the bad guys level up. Yeah, that'd be not very <laughs> nice at all. <laughs> so yeah, so let's talk a little bit about Wolfenstein then. Yes, we've got a new Wolfenstein game coming, Youngblood, which is due out on the 26th of July. It's a couple of weeks after we're recording this. And its selling point is co-op gameplay. It's a follow-on kind of, I think, from the new Colossus. It's about right, isn't it? Where um, BJ's gone missing in Paris and his twin daughters are basically going to go and find him and rescue him because they think he's been kidnapped. Yeah, and it sounds it sounds as bad crazy as Wolfenstein normally is. Yes, yeah, it's definitely gone down the nuts route for a while, and um, this isn't alleviating any of that at all. But it's got a bit of a, an eighties vibe to it, hasn't it? It's the it's the new order progressed by another couple of decades, and that's kind of what's really intriguing about it. It's like Blade Runner with Nazis. Yeah, and it, it makes you wonder, how, you look at the artwork for it, and they're really leaning into the 80s Stranger Things vibe as well. Mm. Creepy, creepy twins, and I don't know. He's looking, he's looking interesting. I think they're, yeah, I think they're, they're cashing in on that wave of 80s nostalgia that we, we have at the moment. Funnily enough, that just, just as an aside, uh, my daughter went to an 80s themed birthday party the other weekend. Ooh. And she dressed up in neon and had like leg warmers and a headband and do you know what she called herself go on tell me she said mummy daddy i am an olden days dancer <laughs> so there we go officially uh... officially the olden days to a five-year-old well i suppose it, it makes sense doesn't it i mean that this is what the fourth 80s revival we've had since the 80s it comes around every five years. <laughs> so I suppose the most interesting thing, and this is why we're talking about it today, about young blood, is that because it's twins, <laughs> they've managed to shoehorn in uh, co-op multiplayer. Yeah, it's a really interesting premise, though, for it, in that if you get the deluxe edition of the game, which is basically everything that's getting released on the release day, um, you get a buddy pass, which you can give to one friend at a time who can play the full game in co-op with you without having to buy the game. So this is not unlike the scheme that they had in Far Cry 4. Where you downloaded the uh, standalone version and you could play co-op. Is yeah, that you, what you did? You, you had to have the, the, was it the mountain pass or whatever it was from... Yes, that's it. And did you have to the, the, that to The Kiriat Mountain Pass or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah. I forget what we had to do with that, because I think actually we both bought the game anyway, so we didn't have to worry about the Mountain Pass thing. But it was um, it was a nice way of doing it to encourage you to have a second player with you rather than carrying on with a bit of an AI companion, which this new Wolfenstein does let you do if you don't like friends. Then you can uh, you can play on your own and just go nuts. It, it, it 
oh, it's going to be bloody, it's going to be messy, it's going to be over the top, ridiculously violent. It's the type of game you want to share with someone. Uh, and also, it's going to be non-linear. Yeah, they pulled in the guys who did Dishonored, haven't they? They've um, pulled in support from Arcane Studios. I'm not expecting open worlds, but I am expecting multiple routes and maybe some interesting stuff to do. Yeah, which is which is always something the series has done well anyway. It has it has managed to put a lot of variety in, but the it, the guided progress has definitely been one of the elements that um well, it's twofold, isn't it? It secures it back in its roots of the original games, but then it allows a more creative narrative for um for the studio to push on you uh, and ensure that you're getting the most out of it. It'll be interesting to see what happens with this and how that non-linearity actually manifests itself and whether it means multiple things to experience or encourages replaying. Yeah, definitely. Uh yeah, and and I'm I'm interested to see whether it'll carry over the kind of hub world design from the previous games with the resistance headquarters mm. or the submarine or if you're going to get a more a more kind of straightforward menu based approach. I you know what really liked the submarine element of the last game. The section of it and it's not really a spoiler now uh, but if you haven't played the new colossus and you really don't want to know anything at all cover your ears for about 3 minutes. <laughs> but um there's the level isn't it the way you is it basically you think you're in the hub but actually you end up going off on a mission around the ship and find the sealed off areas that the uh, the Nazis are hiding in. Yeah. And that was really lovelily done, and it's quite early on in the game as well, which was really surprising to do something that bold and brash and then put you back into your um, into your hub area, which contains secrets and other things for you to do, as well as wait for your next mission. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of collectibles and things to find. And, uh, and the big secret door with the timer. Machines. Oh, yeah, the secret door with the timer. Yeah, which was slightly disappointing when it did open up because uh, it was just kind of challenges and things. But it was a nice idea to keep people coming back for, I think, about two weeks after release. You know, what's behind the door kind of thing. They, they did some really nice things. So I am really looking forward to this. And it's a budget game as well. It's not a full-on 45, 50 pound affair. I think it's 30. Or it might even be 25. So, you know, yeah, low entry point, free co-op, uh, basically two of you could get the game you know you could have graphs on it 15 quid each i think it's a really nice idea and you've actually mentioned and i think i had i had completely forgotten about this but they aren't the first that far cry 4 one and if yeah. i remember rightly was that the first of the far cry series that had co-op well far cry 3 had its own co-op missions that you could do because i remember yeah. they were rock hard and we spent quite a lot of time trying to do one just before new year's one one year i think i can't even remember them they must have um, been really hard you you played as different characters who were like stuck on the island so like one of them was a ship captain i think and one of them i, I can't remember exactly what it was but yeah it, uh it was an interesting take on it and then far cry 4 yeah opened up like proper co-op to take on the bases wasn't it the outposts you, you could do the full could you do the full story missions in co-op or could you only do the outpost assaults i remember as being able to play around in the open world without really worrying about too much but i can't remember if that's just because we were driving around messing about yeah it was it was the if i remember rightly it was the side missions 
and the outposts, but you couldn't actually do the story missions. Ah, uh, okay. So it was specific content. And, and you could wander the open world. Yeah. But you, for some reason, you couldn't progress the plot. <laughs> I can't think. Yeah. I can't think why either logically or technically that would be a thing, but there must have been some limitation on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, yeah, Far Cry 5 opened up the whole of the world in the game, which was great. And one of the ones I've been recently, and it's interesting you make the point about Youngblood being you know co-op driven game nice accessible price point and that instantly made me think of far cry new dawn yes neon themed as well yeah i mean neon pink (laughs) it's that it it is it it, it smacks of it doesn't it because new dawn came out earlier this year 30 pound price point and co-op yeah and it's it's brilliant. I mean, I really, I don't know what you thought. I really, I'm really enjoying New Dawn to the extent that I, I really wanted to do it as a codec momentum, but I suspect I'm going to platinum it before my 90 days is up. At this <laughs> you rate. might well do. Yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting one because I think it's actually, it's got some stuff that it doesn't do as well as previous Far Cry games, but actually it's a tighter focus. And after the sprawl that was Far Cry 5, it's actually quite refreshing. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'll be honest, I found, you know, with limited time and everything else, I found Far Cry 5 was like the first game in the series that I found overwhelming in that respect. Because mm. there was just too much, too many people to go and collect, too many side missions to do, too many other things to distract you. And it was like, I know that's a big open world problem, but, and, you know, for years we've complained about these these Ubisoft games where with repetitive things and the same kind of, you know, climb this tower, unlock a portion of the map, yeah, which it lampshades in the first you know 10 minutes of the game yeah it does definitely but uh, in a way a lot of these ubisoft open world games have just gone to the other extreme for me now i'm sure there's a lot of people who have a lot more time that can deal with that but i'm i've played god knows how much wildlands and i still feel i'm only about 20 percent of the way into it <laughs> yeah yeah it's the same it's just so much so much to do and new dawn stripped it back it took the full map but you can't go everywhere and it's added in sort of a retooled landscape in some parts as well, hasn't it, to cope with the events of the the end of Far Cry 5 or the end if you did a certain ending, uh, which obviously is now canon. Yeah, and it's it's lovely because it does feel significantly different. And there's the uh, what I found was there'd be a moment where you'd be like, oh, I, I remember this bit now. But it genuinely was, it genuinely was different enough to be interesting. Mm, it was. The piece that i'm not keen on is the leveling up side of things and how often you have to do things it's a nice idea to give you more to do but it does feel a little bit like filler to say well this is really a 15 hour game but we're going to make it 25 yeah i'll give you that yeah having to do everything thrice it's the, yes. the, the rule of threes it is. It's three <laughs> stars. You need to get your three stars. That's basically what it's doing with the outposts and the uh, the expeditions in particular. But then the ability to continue doing them if you happen to want to farm more resource or if there's one you find easier than the others. It's, yeah. it's got some plus points for that mechanic, but it doesn't it doesn't bring you into it particularly easily, does it? I, I think no. I found I felt completely underpowered for such a long time. Yeah, because no, I hadn't, I'll go I hadn't with that. twigged what I needed to do. I'll go with that as well. And I, I think the other thing it does is, is it progresses the story 
at a certain pace and if you're not going off and doing all the side missions and doing the the outposts and the expeditions i, I think the story can kind of get ahead of you in a way like yes. like you said you know with your, with your weapons and your leveling up and that kind of made me fall into the grind quite early i didn't find it that grindy until i got towards the um the elite weapons and then all because okay. i've been trying to i've been trying to play through the story and i've been trying to do other things and then all of a sudden i realized that i, I didn't have any carbon fiber and i didn't have any circuit boards because i'd not been yeah. doing enough expeditions and yes outposts yeah because it's the fuel from the outpost that i found because i found quite necessary because i was doing the uh, base upgrade to try and improve that and you you find yourself a bit locked out of it for a long while when you do start leveling the weapons up and you've done a few outposts and a few expeditions yeah you can you can buy pretty much what you want you find what you like you do tend to stick with them particularly on the elite level i don't think there's as much variety actually on the highest level of weapons and that's and that's the irony because there's there's about three times as many weapons available yeah. in that tier and yet so much repetition yeah it's it is uh what's it's like the just reskinned weapons actually for some of them. in fact some of them are you need to collect legendary animal skins to create them but they well, have no out. stat difference they just... out what it is Go on, then. it's it's basically it's it's um the ones where you have to collect the legendary animal for just cost you less in other parts is that all that's all it is yeah so it's it's basically in an, an economy in hunting monstrous animals <laughs> so, i didn't spot that because i didn't buy that many of them uh in the end because i just stuck with the the standards because i had enough i had enough resource kicking around um but then when you do hit the elite point as long as you've you've done everything else you want to do you can then continue to upgrade your weapons as long as you've got the fuel to do it. Yeah, that's nice. And it's it's a nice touch that you can upgrade any weapon at that point, even the even the earlier tiers. Not that you'd not that you'd have any actual need to, but you, you could well, if you felt so inclined. You're saying that because there's not a rocket launcher in the elite tier. I went back and I upgraded the rocket launcher, the one that lets you switch to cluster bomb ammo. And I use that an awful lot during the expeditions. When you when you're flying away on a helicopter, it's a lot of fun. But that, I think that's the other thing, and this is this is the key things. If you're going to have a co-op shooter and you want to have fun with it, you need this kind of ridiculous level design, the over-the-top enemies, and you need crazy weapons. Yeah, and New Dawn has that in abundance, and I suspect Young Blood is going to be, you know, cut from the same cloth. Right, they've always had the nutcase weapons, don't they? They've always had the the absolutely insane power behind it um i definitely think it is going to be and um, we'll say one thing for new dawn though the expeditions did seem very much designed for co-op given that the the structure of them is getting stealth your way to an objective steal an item get out without being seen but then have a last stand as it were whilst you're waiting for extraction yeah. and that that was pure co-op fodder it was nice, and, and I must say, the number of times I've ended up just thinking, oh, I'm just going to leave them there to die in, in terms of my AI partner in the expeditions. <laughs> like, you're slowing <laughs> me down. I've got a helicopter to get to. <laughs> it definitely works with another person when you can say, cover that arc. I've got this way. Try different routes in. It's it's great. It works well with the story mode because we did a few story missions in co-op, didn't we? Yeah, and I, I really want to go back to it as well because it is... It's just not, and there are there are weapons. Uh, the the thing I found about it, especially in the expeditions and stuff, there are weapons that turn the tide. 
like the um the saw launcher that that fires multiple blades yes and the saw launcher that you you know you get to the elite level and you've got one that can lock on to people yeah and actually in co-op having somebody lay down a bit of fire from like a massive machine gun while you have time to lock on to several bad guys would be really advantageous yes yeah and that is actually very very handy weapon uh, particularly against the elite guards because it does an awful lot of damage but again but it's far cry it does that usual thing it gives you it gives you all the tricks and and the perks and whilst it's not as kind of the perk system isn't as fleshed out as the the earlier games especially far cry 5 it's got this this boiled down this reduced down perk system that kind of gives you those those takedowns and the the extra takedowns uh, kind of almost combined isn't it as you 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 go through the levels so you unlock the the master or the elite level yes. takedowns and it, it gives you the sidearm takedown and the, the melee weapon yeah. takedown at the same time it doesn't it doesn't make you do everything individually it just says well you can do it it's really it's a really nicely refined version of a far cry game i, I really enjoyed it i've really really enjoyed it the only story criticism and we won't ruin anything is it's the twins who are your main opponents during the game they're just not quite as sinister as everyone else you've come across in the Far Cry game. They are part of a countrywide collective that are spreading out and taking over areas. It do, they don't feel personal. It feels it feels corporate to a degree. I never really thought of that because you don't you don't get a sense of whether they're the absolute top of the tree or not, do you? You. Do as you go through. If you read a lot of the uh, notes, particularly oh, okay. if you're doing the expeditions, you do understand that these are being people being sent out everywhere, and you just you just end up thinking, well, actually, you know, you two were just messing around, you're having a bit of fun, you're destroying our livelihoods and you're destroying us. But actually, where's the threat? The real threat is completely unseen. Yeah, and in. I, I, going going back to the expeditions, what an interesting way of adding kind of variety and kind of really well crafted set pieces to you know an otherwise open world game. Oh yeah, yeah. It you know what it felt like. It took uh, the mission. You know the mission from five where is it one of Herc's relatives who's got the flamethrower and it's at like the trailer park and you have to defend the trailer park. Yeah, I know exactly the one you mean. Yeah. It feels while, a little bit... While the bit, music plays. That's it. The, it feels a little bit like that. They've gone, how do we turn this into a standalone mission? I know. Let's have a downed plane that you've got to scavenge. Let's have it done at a theme park. Let's have, I'll be honest, the first one, the ship, is inspired. It's great. The aircraft yeah. carrier. But they are really nicely crafted little, just little snippets, just little... Ah, the yeah. Yeah, they are cool. However, and this is where I think Youngblood might differ in its co-op approach, with Far Cry, you're both, because it's open world, always going to the same place. You're always pretty much working together the entire time. I suspect Youngblood might start splitting you up and making you take different routes, especially if it's the non-linear elements. Well, that's an interesting, uh, that's an interesting twist on the co-op gameplay. So I, th- I think you probably have, you'll have sections where you have to work together It'll be almost like a horde mentality and you know, defending 
an assault off, but I suspect it will make you split up and it will make you deal with things in a particular way. And it might be one character needs to do one thing whilst another does another, you know, special abilities, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's interesting. Or even even one one character needs to do something so the other can progress. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm uh, looking forward to see what it does on that. I'm quite excited for it now. Yeah. And as I've got it on pre-order. You don't even need to worry about buying it. I mean, there there was a time when slapping on multiplayer and co-op was was just the kind of done thing, and it was it was paid lip service. Uh, I mean, I personally get the feeling that the tide's now turning, and and these things are being baked into the game design at a a much earlier point. I think they are for the games that we see with co-op. I still don't think we see a lot of co-op games. There's still slim pickings out there, really, and I think if you went back a decade maybe even a touch longer where there wasn't the presence of the online services that there are now you had a lot of couch co-op and i think games built those in very well and then as it's moved to the online i think they have struggled to understand exactly what you can do with online co-op i think some games still do it really well but far cry has taken four games to get to it Mm. it has worked in the other games it's just They've either been specific missions or you couldn't do the story elements. Now you could do a total story in two-player. But then you have got other games that have done it all right. Is it the Call of Juarez series? Were they always co-op? I don't think I've ever played Call of Juarez. I mean, I know um, Army of Two was always good. Yes, yes, Army Um, of Two. Um, But was that online co-op or was it couch? Because we played it couch, I think. Yeah, well, yeah, actually, you might be right. Portal, Portal 2. Portal 2, that was was very good. Probably the finest co-op experience ever. Yeah, actually, in terms of slick design, in terms of uh, in terms of having to actually communicate and coordinate your efforts, I think that that absolutely nailed the elements of of what a what a co-op game should strive for. I, I, now we're thinking back, and it's arguably that is co-op game imperfection, isn't it? Yeah, you don't get much better than that because you could do that game with a co-op partner without a headset. You could, yeah, because yeah, because they had the the pointers implemented and the the hand gestures and stuff. The robots could make, yeah, that was yeah. good. The the yeah, you could communicate what you wanted without having to speak. Yeah, put put a portal over there. Yeah, no, you could do that, couldn't you? Just just by um just by gesturing and and using markers. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a question. So if if you're listening to this and you're you're now reminiscing about co-op games, past, present, future, is there anything that has done the kind of technical co-op better than portal 2 uh, yeah i'd like to hear some arguments for that because as a as a game it is superbly done as a co-op experience it it's it's a must play it is a must play do and here's the thing do do you think um do you think the co-op experience is better if it's kind of finely crafted guided linear almost or is is the open world element the way to go? Because I'm thinking about these experiences. Portal 2, you have a series of rooms which you've got to work your way through. What are other good things? The expeditions, we like those. They're small little vignettes of the, the Far Cry New Dawn world. Uh, and the other one that suddenly struck me is um, Spec Ops in Modern Warfare 2. Yeah, yeah. Very tightly scripted scenarios to complete that demanded practice in a lot of cases. Was it... Was it more fun because you really had to work together as a team? Or, or and, and uh, you know, don't get me wrong, I love the Far Cry open world 
games, especially in co-op, I think they're brilliant. But actually, when you're working with someone, does does that structure help? Does the you know the forcing you to actually communicate and and work tactically? Does it make for a better gaming experience? I think it does because I'm I'm drawn to think about. Uh, you've mentioned it already. Wildlands as a as a co-op game, you have to both. In fact, can you have up to four people in Wildlands? You have four on a team? Yep. So however many of you you are, we've tended to do it as as a two or occasionally as a three if we're getting our ass handed to us by the Predator. Yeah. (laughs) It it forces you to think tactically about the scenarios that you're going into, doesn't it? You you do end up, and you do need massive amounts of communication with that one. Was Battlefield 4 co-op? Oh. Because I'm sure at some point we've played a Battlefield game that had co-op elements. No. no. Well, there was something, I swear, we've played. Unless it was... Oh, no, wait. Yeah, no, there was... Um, was it... Yeah, there was There was definitely... I'm remembering, because there's like... Um, is there like a mission in Paris where... Yes. One of you has to be a sniper and... Yeah, and you have to work your way through the buildings. Yeah. I, I thought it was four. It might not be. It could have been three. Yeah, it was... No, it was three. It was Battlefield 3. Three. It was three. It wasn't four. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I remember. That. I vaguely remember that one. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. It's it's that kind of stuff. It's like Sniper Elite with the um, Spotter Overwatch kind of missions, and where you take on different roles and you have to do different things. I think those tend to make really good cop experiences because you, like I say, you have to communicate, but you have to think about what you're doing, and you're both not doing the same thing. Or if there's more of you, take yeah. the Lego games. The Lego games yeah, with their true. drop in and drop out. Speaking of which, ah, we have a drop in player. Hello, hello. <laughs> Come to was it chew bubblegum and something else? You <laughs> <laughs> might need to be quite specific on all that. And something well, else. yeah, I know, but I, I thought it's family friendly, so I didn't want to to bleep it out. So, yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Chew bubble gum and to be, to be honest, if, you, if you're going to have a <laughs> you're going to have to turn your camera off because we don't want to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> so, our lovely, 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 lovely Ali Cornwall has joined us uh, and dropped in, and we're talking co-op games. Yeah, essentially, what's happened yeah. is is our our podcast has become a debate on whether co-op games should be kind of more linear tightly crafted experiences that encourage tactics and teamwork or whether open world chaos is is better well it depends whether it's couch co-op or not just to add that extra element because i can honestly say hopefully she can't hear me playing lego with my wife is a nightmare <laughs> because she'll go one way and i'll go the other <laughs> oh, do, you, do you know i tried and to play screen. i tried to play overcooked with with my wife once <laughs> no that's not too bad that's not too bad. You've I can, not, I can see you've how not played it with my wife. For, okay. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, I'll step in somewhere in the middle that, uh, yeah, we we played Overcooked 2 together. And actually, that's what I based the review on. It worked yeah. all right. I, I quite like the, 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 like the Hitman sniper missions where you can do those co-op. Oh, where there's a bit of teamwork of in it. Because I've played that on, on the PC, uh, on Hitman 2 with my mate. And it's it's you have to like time your shots and... Different yeah. things like that to to get the kills to make sure, and you you watch you, oh. you know, one of you could take someone out, and the other one can be watching the map. And if they go, oh, he spotted you, bang, he's gone. Right, we've we've avoided yeah. that. 
We played quite a lot. Were we like seventeenth in the world or something stupid like that at Ooh. one point? We, we were we were on the sniper challenge before Hitman Two came out. We did we did all right on that, but that was yeah. communication and lots of three, two, one, <laughs> lots of shoot. lots of starting yeah. over. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Restart. <laughs> I mean, do you, are you classing Rainbow Six as that kind of co-op, or is that is that pushing? We kind that of limit? we kind of not gone down that route, uh, but it has crossed my mind. It's a co-op game. We sort of like talk Wildlands. Uh, we've mm. talked obviously lots of Far Cry New Dawn. Which yep. was a bit about Wolfenstein and what that's going to offer up, but then Portal actually, we were talking Portal too yep. for for what that does, and yeah, I I don't think there's a necessarily a right answer because I, I'm thinking about how much I'll go back to Portal too, how much I enjoyed doing that in co-op and figuring out the puzzles, but then yeah. I seem to remember the vast majority of Far Cry Five co-op time was sticking C4 to each other and running away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bit like uh, yeah, there was there was quite a lot of that, wasn't there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. or because you because you can't kill each other in Far Cry Five. There's no friendly fire unless you stick C4 on the vehicle your partner is driving and blow them up. Yeah, I killed Andy on Ghost Recon. Yeah, it was it was the moment <laughs> that another interesting way of killing your co-op partner in Far Cry Five is getting out of the aeroplane. <laughs> mid-flight <laughs> mid-flight while your mate's a passenger behind you that was that was terrifying yeah, I, I, i've genuinely never felt as much like i was in an actual air crash as that day it was awful if that had been yeah, in vr I, just, I think i'd have actually died yeah <laughs> I, you know when you forget what button is slow down so, and you climb out <laughs> here's one for you that you've probably don't realize or never come across as such so there is such a thing as co-op in a racing game so i racing yeah you can have a spotter and you can either have the computer do it or you can allow someone that's in the lobby watching like spectating to be your spotter so technically kind of co-op so they can tell you how far you know a bit like a race engineer how far behind or in front you are and even go to the indycar that you know you're free on your left free on your right and stuff like that so that's got that kind of level of co-op as well. I always, I've always wondered if a proper rally game where um, you had a co-op partner as your as your navigator would, is there yeah. any way of making that actually work? A bit like keep talking and nobody dies, whatever it's called. Now oh, that is a brilliant example. That is was, a fantastic yeah. example. But I'm going to pull you back to the rallying because Dirt Rally VR had exactly that. Oh, right. So the person in the VR headset driving gets the pace notes from the second player. And the second player, it's a mini game that they have to do to get the pace notes to come up correctly. And if you're oh, no good nice. at mini games, you drive into walls a lot. <laughs> that's quite evil, but I like it. And that is that's a good way of making that work. But yeah, keep talking and nobody explodes is another classic example of brilliant co-op and yeah. where yeah. you have to communicate. So that's great in same room. But we, I mean, we did it at a distance. You went the whole we, hog. You printed oh, out the bomb notes. You found <laughs> some overalls. Got yourself a, a bit of a sweat awesome. on. And uh... yeah. <laughs> did, honestly, that's that's the most. It was um, honestly, yeah. So my uh, my daughter was just kind of sat watching cartoons on the iPad while we did this absolutely ridiculous thing. I mean, you I went, you went full role play with that. In, in fairness, mm. I'm I'm at the other end of the the line. You know. <laughs> Telling him what I can see, and all I get is a wait one, yeah, wait out. <laughs> Has it got a yellow I, one? You know, people's <laughs> people's lives are at stake. <laughs> yeah. 
I, yeah. In fairness, I don't think we blew up. No, I don't no, remember I don't think we it. did. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's a cracking hard. example. I've forgotten all about that. That's a great game. Yeah, there are some amazing, amazing games yeah. out there. And I think the the love of co-op sometimes you can actually lean towards doing things cooperatively as well. And I think back to the the F one races we were doing last year, because we would yeah. always pick teammates. Yes, we were trying to beat each other, but actually we would work as teammates a lot of the time. Uh, and yeah. and you know try and try and really beat the competition, bring the team forward, and and that doesn't really seem to exist in many. Well, definitely not in a racing game that I've come across. Now, that I racing is no. about the closest I think I've ever heard of. And obviously, you've got games like I don't know if you've already mentioned it, but World War Z and things like that, where you've got to as long as you've not oh. got the running gunners with you, where you've got to work together to lock down an area. Yes, and you know hunker down and stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, that's a lot good. of fun. I I yeah. think that. From what we're saying here and the examples you brought, Ali, it, it, it does actually feel like if you've got an objective, it's it ends up being more memorable. But the chaos from the chaos from an open world and just dicking around. This is this is interesting because mm. because the okay Wildlands. There's a few things that I remember that we we've reworked tactically on, and the the Sam Fisher level was oh, one of yeah. them. Um, <laughs> the one which the one which you mentioned earlier, um, like some of the infiltration stuff and the predator stuff. The, yeah, that that's pretty memorable. But a lot of that, as you said, was just us f***ing around. <laughs> yeah. Language. Yeah. Uh, and the same with Far Cry Five. The thing that I really remember about doing Far Cry Five with you, Matt, was um, was that time we end up trying to kill each other and just invoke the power of bears. <laughs> yeah, they just so, turned up, didn't they? Yeah. You know when. But but there's other games which are far more tightly crafted where you actually remember exactly the the beats that you took because you did them three or four, five or six times over and over again yeah. to do that. Um, I've I've got to drop out now actually because my right. Well, it's it, the door. it's been lovely having you on. See you later. Thank you very much. Bye bye. bye. So I guess one thing that uh, neither of you may have mentioned that I know you've played, I think with Kevin Justin. Uh, which is Star Trek. Star Trek Bridge Crew. Which I've not had a chance to play with you guys yet, but oh, yeah, that's... Well, we've got the uh, the Enterprise edition add-on thing, the, you know, the DLC that came out um, for the next generation, and uh, we haven't actually done that yet, so there is an opportunity. Ooh, yeah. Because that, yeah, that is a good. superb communication game. Yeah. And I think for me, I, I, I love co-op games. I love... You know, sometimes just going in and letting your hair down and like you say, in the open world and just you've had a hard day at work or a hard week at work. Sometimes you just want to have a couple of beers with your mates and let's, let's just go crazy on Grand Theft Auto and see what mischief we can get up to <laughs> um, or, or, or on Red Dead and stuff like that. But then I do like the challenge of the the co-op games where you, you have an objective and you've got to do something. And you've got mm. to work at it because I think they I guess it's different levels of fun but also different levels of objectives yeah i think when you've got an actual objective to do it can be a right laugh but then but then again on grand theft auto sometimes i've never laughed so hard playing that game when one of the guys just you you could have played it for a hundred hours but someone accidentally presses the wrong button and suddenly jumps out of the car <laughs> you know what are you doing we're going 120 <laughs> miles an hour down a freeway <laughs> and it's it's stuff like that when you're playing co-op that i think is that organic that can't be scripted when you're playing single-player games and whatnot, especially the likes of Grand Theft Auto, where someone will just do something stupid. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, it, it, but it's good fun, you know. 
But then you've got all the, the, the uh, RPG games as well, MMORPGs, so World of Warcraft and stuff like that, where you have to work together to take down some yeah. of the bosses. And I suppose this, yeah. is, this is turning around. A comment we'd made before you joined us was, I felt that as we move to a more online-focused set of games, we'd kind of lost the co-op because the couch co-op wasn't there. Yeah, actually, you're right. There are a lot of co-op-inspired games that you forget. Like you say, World of Warcraft, uh, yeah. the I think... Elder Scrolls Online, all of yeah. that kind of stuff, they are co-op games, but because the class yeah. does the MMOs, you kind of forget that. Yeah, even stuff like Monster Hunter, Destiny 2. Yes, a lot and, of and that I think... is there. Borderlands. All, all yeah. of them, they are there, and you just kind of forget. And we're sort of saying, well, it's it's disappeared and it's sort of making a comeback. Well, that's not true at all, is it? It's there. Uh, I, th- I think we take it for granted. And the fact yeah. that you can play, you know, I've got friends in America like like Nick that we that we both know from Film Guff. I can play technically a co-op game with him and he's in New York. So it's still a co-op game. It's just someone's flicked that switch that's then broadened that horizon yeah. to say... You can play with your your pen pal that you've had for since the early nineties now, in a game yeah. that you've always talked about and swapped letters about or, or whatever. <laughs> but now you can actually do that, and you know, even us recording a podcast, we're talking to each other. What are we? One hundred and fifty miles apart. Obviously, not yourself and Andy as such. Uh, about seventy or eighty, I think we are. Yeah, but it, yeah, extreme, I know. but reasonable. Distance. You know, it, we've. I think we take it for for granted and forget that. Yes, the couch co-op stuff's there, but it was a nightmare back in the day because the cables just got tangled up. They were everywhere. It stunk <laughs> in that room. You know, sweaty teenagers in a room or whatever you were when you was at uni and stuff. And it's just like, oh, yeah, you just... Yeah, you did. You've got your space. Yeah. Yeah, you can now, you can sprawl out on your own and still have almost the same fun. There's a, there's a special place for, for couch yeah. co-op and, oh, and gotcha. being yeah, able yeah. to abuse people in person. Yeah, is... I mean, doing stupid stuff in Goldeneye, yeah. like playing hostage, and that you know your mate won't sit there and pretend to be the hostage. <laughs> Look, just sit there in the toilet and be the hostage. <laughs> Someone's coming to save you. <laughs> Start slapping everyone. <laughs> you know. So no, no, I think fun. it's fair. Yeah, co-op hasn't been anywhere. We're just we've been looking in the wrong places. I think. Um, the, yeah, I think the the core sort of two or th- well mainly two player sort of scripted co-op i think that because that's the wolfenstein thing that's brought us to this point mm-hmm. um i think that's harder to find but you're right you can go out yeah. and make your own co-op games if you want in a number of the online stuff now yeah yeah and you've uh there's that in uh i can never remember the name of it is it inside or whatever it's called that ea game where it was two player co-op. Uh, a way out a way out yeah that me and andy still need to have a, yes. have a go at but yeah you know, um, yeah, very specifically yeah. a, a two-player game where you've, yeah, yeah. But you don't get many of them these days. No, no, I don't think you get. I don't think you get a lot of core co-op only, but I think there are more with with co-op in them, uh, which is you know, fantastic. Was the Uncharted game the latest one? Was that co-op or did that just? I never, I didn't get a chance to play it. Or I've not got around to to buying that. The one, Lost but... Legacy or yeah, no, Lost Legacy. I don't think. It, was. Oh, okay. I didn't play it in it if it was. Um, right. I only played it on my own uh, because I, I thought it was a, a core single player that they'd right. done. Because that'd be an awesome type of game. Just, you know, kind of go into that next level of thinking about different games. Mm. But having something like Uncharted or Tomb Raider or 
that kind of Indiana Jones-esque type of game, where there's two of you to solve a puzzle and you, one of you's got to hold a lever for the other one to get through somewhere. Yeah, or, yeah. That'd be, we, that'd be we, right. We were wondering if um, Youngblood might go down that route and okay. uh, offer up different routes and different things you have to do. Yeah. I think the issue with the Tomb Raider and Uncharted is how do they maintain their cinematic experience with two individual characters? And I know some games have done it, but then you yeah. get yeah. you do get some which just badly implement it and they make the co-op character just disappear and has never existed in the cutscenes. It's yeah, it probably yeah. wouldn't happen like that now. It's you know no. the game no. design's more sophisticated and, and the storytelling is as well, but and the um the actual mechanics behind it. So like when you play Destiny Two and things like that, you wait for someone else, you wait for everyone to finish that cutscene. Yeah. Type of thing. So yeah, the, the technology's there now. Yeah. So yeah, the co the co-op stuff, uh, pulling it right back to what we were saying at the beginning, Wolfenstein Youngblood, definitely looking forward to because it's a Wolfenstein game. It'll be ludicrous and it will be fun. The co-op stuff is an added bonus. Uh, but there's also a second Wolfenstein game coming out on the same day called ah, Cyberpilot. Okay. So it's a VR title where you get to pilot some of the uh, vehicles and things that we've seen in the games, like right. the Panzerhund, which is the uh, big robot dog thing that breathes flames. Yeah. And I'm, I am intrigued on what it's going to be like. Um, I've, I've pre-ordered it because Wolfenstein. That and it's cheap, isn't it? Both games, both games together, cost less than forty quid. Yeah, because the uh, VR game is twelve. I think. I think I've got it. I think I've got it for twelve. I think it's about fifteen usually, and the other one is thirty. So right. it's two games for yeah, the price of a full price game. So I'm going to see what it's like. Uh, will it be any good? The fact that we really don't know anything about it, and it's a bit of hide the gameplay since they announced it, makes me think that maybe they haven't got mm. a lot of faith in it. But we'll see. We'll see what that's like. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that's it. Wolfenstein, two new games on the 26th of July, and we love co-op. Yeah. Right. So thanks for listening. We will be back next week with what we had said would be a birthday live broadcast. Uh, but it's not going to be. Unfortunately, we can't make the live broadcast work at the moment, not through the technology breaking, but through um, just timing schedules and availability. It's actually going to be really tough. So uh, we are going to do a cheap and nasty best of episode. So if you've got favourite moments from the last six years of Codec Moments, let us know, and uh, we'll think about featuring them in the next one. Lovely. And on that note... Thank you very much and goodbye. In a bizzle.